truth without compromise for the last generation. Watchmen Radio. We're doing this live? Like, no, we're recording. Okay. Like, can we do it? Yes, we can. Let's do it. All right. Watchmen Radio representing East Coast, but not live and not from New York. <laughs> yeah. What's going down in that part of town, boy? Weather's uh, getting kind of nice. It's not scorching, humid, stickiness. Just a sexy boy. Thanks. Uh, yeah, weather's nice. Thanks, New York. You enjoying the weather? Yeah, it's um, and also uh, yeah, it's uh, most people are gone because Long Island is not a vacation destination. So uh, roads are clearer, stores are clearer. Enjoying it. All right, boy. You like your name, boy? It's all right. <laughs> All right, some people I mean, usually, me. usually your insults are, are much better, but this one, you know, it's all right. It's some not your best told, work. Some people thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, in mean, real Linda, yeah, sure. All right, so we're going to minister a word here. Um, straight is the gate. We're going to be preaching on that because the hour is upon us uh, to be ready, real, and right in this hour. And a lot of us have strayed from the truth. And that's the problem. There's been a lot of cake, bake, flim, flam, flippy, flappy, f wicked doctrine out there that has actually molded people into a complacency where they just think everything's signed, sealed, and delivered. Like, there's no action involved in their walk anymore, okay? Okay. And I've seen it with personal people I've known that uh, strayed off into some weird doctrines. And it's not just Joel Steen. It's other doctrines out there that are defiantly wicked. And, you know, Jesus did say what goes in a man doesn't defile him. But he was just talking about an instance of washing hands. There are ways of being defiled of what's being brought into you either through the eyes or the ears, and of course defiling yourself with your pie hole, which we're going to get into in a minute. Many defile themselves with their pie hole, and they're doing it in text. What you text is your pie hole. What you write an email on social media or PM is from your heart. It is defiling you. And messages flipping flip back and forth are defiling you. This is all taking you off the straight and narrow. Did you know that? Yes. If you want to be on the straight and narrow, you want to be ready, real, and right in this hour, that means shutting down anything that causes stumbleability. Is that a word? I don't think it is. You went like but college, didn't you? Yeah, but uh, it's a made-up word that people understand. Did you, like, so it, go to good. college, boy? I, I think it, 
Yes, Richard, I did go right. to college. And uh, is stumbleability is stumbleability a word, or did I make it up? Uh, that other stumble up that you just made up also that's also not a word. All right. People get it though, so it's fine. All right. So here's the word today. Ready, real, and right, straight and narrow, set your controls to the sun, S-O-N, in every aspect of your life. Why is there such a sense of urgency in this hour? Jesus said he comes at an hour that you know not. Many out there, and I know some over the years, that really believe that they're able somehow to know the exact moment Christ is to return like certain signs and wonders that are just, that's it. We know that that's going, Jesus said you'll be eating, drinking, marrying, and going about your normal business. That's the problem. Will there be signs in the suns and the stars and the heavens, the moon? There already has been, if you have eyes to see. There already has been signs. They just might not be as prevalent as you want them to be. They might not just be as blatant as you want them to be or as you perceive them to be. And this is all throughout Scripture where word readers, which is good, you study. And in the Pharisees and Sadducees' time, the word readers, not all the Pharisees and Sadducees were evil. Some of them did repent. I think one comes to mind, Nicodemus, maybe. And... They knew the word. They studied scripture. And they just didn't phantom the subtle manifestations of scripture that have already taken place that they missed. They missed. That's the issue. They had something formulated in their mind that had to be that way, and if it wasn't that way, it's not happening. I get it. I get it why it could happen. But I'm asking you today to also take on the concept of the subtlety of a manifestation, where it might not just be as magnificent as you believe. Okay? And why am I saying that? Me and Alan have been over this, right, Alan? I mean, we touched on um, how they wanted and they said, wait a minute, um, this has to happen. Elijah must return. What, what did Jesus say, yeah. Alan? Uh, Elijah must return. Uh, well, I forget what Jesus said in response to that in particular. Coffee, but, uh, warning. Oh, he's, he's, Coffee, warning. He, he, yeah, Coffee, I only had warning. one cup. Uh, uh, Elijah's warning. already returned, and, wow. and you already did with them whatever you wanted, basically, Jesus said, as in John yeah, the we Baptist. We just preached Amen. on this a couple weeks ago. John the Baptist was Elijah. Yes. Coffee, warning. Wow. Yes, I only had one cup. That's right. Yeah, try snorting it, bruh. Okay, man. Now, <laughs> Elijah did return. But in the spirit of John the Baptist, you see these corporate anointings, people. The manifestation of certain things we see in Scripture aren't completely verbatim. They are, in a general sense, or in the spirit of sense, or in the corporate anointing sense. 
So we have to open ourselves up to Scripture in a way and reflect on it and say, wow, could this be manifesting? Oh, yeah. So they had to have it a certain way, the way they saw it in Scripture. And they had to, the way they read about Messiah in the Old Testament, and you can see why they would have done this, is that he was going to be a liberator and, and rip them out of the hand of the enemy. And in their mind, the way they perceived that is that they were under Roman order, Roman rule, and they wanted their dominance back. They didn't want to be on the Herod in the Galatian area, and they didn't uh, the, the Galilee area, and they didn't want to be on the Caesar in Judea. They wanted to be released, and the way they perceived Messiah was like King David, a warrior in the sense in the natural. And this is the way they perceived it, and you can see why if you study Jeremiah and Isaiah and you look through Scripture. And all the scriptures, and Jesus taught them before he ascended to heaven, all the scriptures pertaining to them. Did you know that? He, he gave them all the scriptures pertaining to him in scripture. So when you read the epistles, they were pretty homed in. They knew all the scriptures that were pertaining to Christ in the Psalms, Isaiah, and the Jeremiah, and so on. And they had understanding of the revelation of what Christ, the liberty of the manifestation of Christ and that hour would be liberation from Satan, not Caesar, not Herod. So they missed it. Can we miss it? That's my question. Can I miss it? Of course. We have to walk in humility in this hour and understand that we have to receive revelation from Christ, from the Father in heaven. We have to receive it from a heavenly realm. If we're getting it on our own, if we're getting it from man, and that man is not being tested in the eyes of the Spirit, and we have to examine track record, and we're just going to chew up whatever we get from somebody, we get in trouble. Now, when Jesus asked the disciples, whom ye say that I am, let's test Alan on his one cup of coffee. What did he say, Alan? Uh, whom say? do ye say that? Oh, whom do ye say that I am? And uh, uh, the, the, the disciples answered, uh, some say John the Peter. Baptist, some say Elijah. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And then uh, Lord Jesus said to him, uh, you have not received this from flesh and blood, but from my Father in heaven. Oh, wow. Blessed of. What do you think that means, Alan? We should uh, receive, we should strive to receive things from God by seeking from heaven our inspiration regarding the written word. Right. That's the rock. That the church is built, not a person, not a man. Jesus was talking about Rama revelation. We have to get the perception from the Spirit of God. We have to speak from what we're getting from the heavens. 
Because the, the Bible itself says the letter killeth. That's 2 Corinthians 3, 6 or something. So if you only have the written word without any revelation, it'll kill you. In more ways than one. It can kill you spiritually. It cuts off the, the flow. When you're getting down to the letter of the law, especially, I, it can kill the mm -hmm. flow of the spirit. All right. I know yeah. folks in my past that were involved heavily in deliverance ministry, not to mention names, and they move powerfully and uh, mass deliverances like you've never seen. And then they got into Yahwehism and then the anointing was gone. There was no more, no more deliverance. Okay, keep it simple. Go with what works. Stop having your antennas up. There's got to be something more. No, go with what works. Go with what the patriarchs went with. Go with what we've seen Jack Coe with, with or A.A. Allen, or great men of God that moved in the power. Love. L love God and love people is like 90% of the word, <laughs> or something like that. Love so much can God be accomplished by love. soul and strength. And love thy neighbor Amen. as yourself. That's that's the that's the whole law hang up hangeth upon that. Amen. That's yeah, and those key. great men of God that you just mentioned, the greatest Christians of all time, um, they were moved in healing gifts. Scores of people got born again and and saved and and healed, and uh, all kinds of uh, towns were went from being dull and dead to being uh, alive and vibrant from those great men of God who preached the word of the divine healing of God and uh, repentance, and they cast out devils. Amen. Look at John G. Lake, great men of God. Why did, listen, here's the issue. Many in this hour have strayed to the simplicity of the gospel. Many in this hour have strayed from the simplicity of this verse alone, which was, be ye holy as I am holy. Amen. How are you going to be as holy as God? That's a pretty interesting verse when you read it. And how are you going to have the faith of God, which is what Mark 11 says? How are you going to do that? I'll get into that in a minute. But be ye holy as the Holy Father in heaven is holy is a pretty big leap. Because the holiness of Yah is overwhelming. <laughs> Amen. So the only way that is possible is for an impartation of the Holy Ghost manifesting within you daily. That's the only way. It's Pick up the your cross daily. Of God. So let's touch on the verse here. It's going to be Mark 7, uh, Jesus said, I mean, whatever Jesus said is kind of important. I think we can learn from it. Uh, and Jesus said, it's not what comes, what comes from inside that defiles you. Meaning they were not washing their hands. They, they were not cleaning themselves the way the Pharisees did. But Jesus said in verse 21, but from within, 
out of a person's heart comes, here we go, evil thoughts. Now, here's a big, this is a big one. Evil thoughts defile you. We're going to get into this next week because me and Alan have a message planned. I already had a dream about it and a confirmation. And it's a pretty important word when I get some to confirmed in a dream. Um, and it's going to take us to the next level in the realm of revelation, in the realm of what we're leaving on the table in prayer. That's right. But evil thoughts. Now, think about this. How many times throughout the day is the enemy feeding something to us? And the enemy knows how to project thoughts. See, a lot of people think the enemy can read your mind. He can't. Only God can read your mind, says in Scripture. But some people go around teaching falsely that the enemy can read your mind. That is not true. It says, only God know the hearts of the sons of men. And Jesus, of course, manifested in that. When you read the Gospels, it says Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus knew their hearts. That's what it says. He was able to gather what was going on. The devil doesn't have that capability. But what he does have, he has the power to project a thought to you to see if you grab it and bite on it. And in a way, that is kind of reading your thoughts because if you're biting at it, if you're grasping at it and running with it, and he's watching the manifestation of the projection of a vain imagination, then he knows your thought at that moment. Oh, yeah. If he's going to project a... And this is one of the ways the enemy programs us, is in dreams... He'll use a sexualized dream or some type of incident. And all of a sudden, you, you're like MK Ultra in the morning. It's like, wow, I'm, you know, it, he's kind of sowed to your thought process for the day. That's the battle. We have to, I'll get into a, a story about that next week, but we have to remember how the enemy knows how to transmit. The enemy also knows how to steal revelation. Dream criminals. The enemy knows how to steal the word. Did you know that? The enemy knows how to steal the word. If you don't believe it, just look in, in Matthew, I think 13, where it says some seed, which was the word, was sown upon pathways, and immediately the enemy stole it. Oh, wow. The enemy can steal the word. The enemy can steal a word. That's right. That's why we need to write down dreams. The second we, or, and I recommend getting this app on your phone. I just installed it on Maria's phone. It's called Easy Voice Recorder on the Play Store. And the second you get the dream, you click the button, put it on your homepage on your phone, and just raffle off what you remember. Because the enemy will send a dream criminal. Maria saw the dream criminal in a dream. God showed her what it looks like. It's demonic. Huh? What does it look like? Well, it was in a dark robe with glowing eyes and had a big glass 
glowing dome in his hand and was going over people's bodies from top to bottom, sucking visions and sucking dreams out and then flying away. Wow. Dream sucker. Maybe we can bind it before going to bed and maybe that'll help somewhat. But yeah, writing down or recording is key. Amen. Like that's in Oakley's book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Called Dream Criminals. All right. Praise the Lord. Anyway, evil thoughts. Okay. Enemy can steal a word. Enemy can sow a word. A demonic thought. You mean like uh, if if your wife is still alive and you're getting dreams of uh, marrying a a pop star like that? Yeah, let's not go down that road. That's another. People have been turned over to delusions in this hour. And they're having sex with ghosts. We know of somebody that's having sex with a ghost named Taylor Swift. And this is a believer. I mean, this is crazy. This is how we know we're in. See, as in the days of Noah, in the days of Noah, there was demonic sexualization with the fallen ones. And it's going on more than ever. Incubi, succubi, I've been going wild. So evil thoughts have to be cast down. We're going to be getting into that. Cast down an evil imagination. How do you do that? Well, we're going to be getting more into this, but my pastor many, many, many years ago told me about the power of imagination in the realm of spiritual warfare. Whoa, what's that all about? That sounds kind of weird. Not necessarily. Have you ever just closed your eyes and you're in prayer and you're, you're, you're a lot of times in worship, you listen to do good worship music. I bowed my knee and uh, songs like that. You really put yourself in the presence of God. It's you're in, in your the spirit of God is helping you in delve and maybe some visualization in your, on your eyelids or in your mind's eye. And this can also be done in the power in the realm of casting down imaginations. Pastor, many, many, many years ago, told me when you get a vain thought and a vain imagination, immediately, immediately just picture yourself in a movie theater. And on the screen, in front of you is a giant glass screen, as big as a movie theater screen. And he says, I want you in prayer, as you're praying, I want you to cast down this way. Just imagine that vain imagination written on that giant screen in front of you as you're praying and binding it and severing it, right? And then imagine yourself, it's glass, imagine yourself throwing a rock and smashing it to pieces. And then open I've your eyes. I've been doing that. It works. It works. Amen. And you might say, Thank well, you. that's kind of weird. Well, it works. You just heard Brother Allen. Isn't it based on uh, Philippians 4.8 where we're supposed to think about uh, beautiful, lovely things? Let me bring that up. Okay, so we already went over that. That's the word for next week, okay? Oh, sorry. All right, so, as a man thinketh, so shall he be. How do you want to be? Do you want that? 
Do you want that imagination cast down? How could you think it? Is this a way of thinking it, I'm asking? Do you think so, Alan? Yes or no question? Yes. Okay, Alan thinks yes. Alan believes that this is a way of casting down a vain imagination using the projection and the power of your thought because as a man thinketh, what shall he be, Alan? So in his heart shall he be. Oh, wow. Now, Alan, do we think the word of God is real? The word of God is truth and real and amen. Does God lie? God never lies. It's impossible for God to lie. That's in Hebrews. Does he watch over his word to perform it? Yes, he does. That's a, that's a scripture too. Does he seek throughout the land to those with understanding? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong for those who are, are whole heart, who uh, love him and are alert. believing him perfectly. Yeah. yeah, I forget the last bit of it. Second Corinthians nine sixteen or something. Alert. Sorry, second. Uh, Coffee alert. Chronicles nine sixteen. Yeah, copy. Right. I, I need a second cup. Yeah, maybe. I thought it was understanding, but yeah, I thought it was another verse. But here's here's the deal. Okay, if God's watching over His word to perform it, if God doesn't lie, which He doesn't, if God has not changed and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, we're in good shape, folks. The word of God is as real as it has ever been. So when we read, as a man thinketh, so shall he be, we are literally talking about thinking. And how do you want to be? Do you want the vain imagination cast down? So that's evil thoughts in Matthew 7. You want to cast down evil thoughts. Why? Jesus said they defile you. Amen. Sexual immorality come out from a man. Want to get rid of that? Stealing. Murder. Adultery. Greed, he says. Wickedness. Deceit. Lustful desires. Lustful desires. Could be sexual could be the lust of this world, the lust of the pride of this world. And many realms of lust. And here's a big one. Envy. Here's another bigger one. Slander. These defile you. you it, listen, if you're defiled, you're in bad shape. How do you want to be seen when the sky cracks or is the mark of God going to be shining from your head? Or are you defiled? We don't want that defilement. Slander. I can't tell you how big of a problem this is in church anity. <laughs> People just go around talking crap about each other. Night and day. With no witnesses. It's supposed to be two or three witnesses in events. And some people feed on it. I know of one right now that fed on some stuff about me. And quite surprised. 
that one slanderous, wicked mouth of Satan pie hole can flap around and actually do that much damage. And without the two or three witnesses, people bite at it. This is the problem when they were trying to accuse Christ. Even as wicked as the Pharisees and Sadducees were, and I know a lot of you think you're more holier than they were, but I got news for you. They knew the word, and they had to have two or three witnesses to accuse Christ. They were having a problem. And they brought all these witnesses together, and they didn't collaborate them in a proper way, and they, the stories got muffled up. It all fell apart. But they tried, at least, because they knew to have a proper accusation, they had to have those witnesses. You can't just go around and speak without a proper evidence behind you. And they knew this when they were accusing our Savior, and it fell apart. Yet, in cake-bake, flim-flam churchanity today, doesn't matter. They just run with any crap that's being flown out there. And that also defile you. Because you're not obeying the word. You should shut your ears and say, without the proper witnesses in this situation, without the proper evidence in this situation, this shall not be heard. This is slander. Pride, Jesus said, defiles you, comes out from a man. Foolishness. All these vile things come from within man. They defile you. Oh, boy. How can we not be defiled, Alan? By uh, having clean thoughts coming out of our hearts, out through our mouths, having like that, instead of evil thoughts coming out of our hearts, through our mouths. And we want to cast down vain imaginations, don't we, so they don't grow. Amen. And we want our emotions to always be, we want to walk in love so we don't get into the realm of negative thinking and, and hating people. We want to forgive everyone instantly all the time. Again, in um, Matthew 15, verse 18. But the words you speak come from your heart. That's what defiles you, Christ said. Again, in today, in modern technology, this is text, emails, PMs. There's, that runs rabid today. With the cake bake flim flam church entity, Joel Olstein Christianity. They just think they got a clean bill of health no matter no matter what they do. Here's the problem. These are defiling acts. You're texting somebody an inappropriate conversation, you're defiled. If the sky would open and crack and Christ was looking for the mark of God on your forehead, the seal, you could have a problem. You think your osis is going to save you? Once saved, always saved. If that's the case, you could defile yourself all day long, and this means nothing. This, you could just rip this page out of your Bible. How about that? It means nothing. 
Because you're OSIS. Well saved, don't be saved. <laughs> Good luck with that, pal. If that was the case, this would mean nothing. Words you speak defile you. These come out. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, stealing, lying, slander. These defile you. Not eating with unwashed hands. People. Over the years, I've got loosey-goosey. Spent a lot of time, uh, many 10 years ago, playing video games, going to the movies too much, and, you know, opening. And, and th- your eyes can defile. Your eyes are your lamp of your body. So what you're feeding into your lamp is going to shine into your body. What do you want shining into your body? Do you want darkness? Or do you want the light of God? What do you want shining into the lamp? You could defile yourself with what you're seeing, what you're looking upon. You should hide your eyes from as much defilement as you can. And I know that's hard to do today. But you can at least show the Lord you're trying. Also, what you're listening to. If you're going to have a triggering song from your past that's triggering you and leading you into the evil thought realm, which me and Alan just went over, that evil thought realm is what the devil will feed on to get you into an iniquitous behavior. And sometimes music, especially, if it's triggering from our past, will trigger a memory. Will trigger your past. So that can defile you. That's in the realm of evil thought. What you're hearing, if you're around a constant defilement talk, you want to hide your ears. You don't want any defilement. We want to live pure. We want to try as much as we can in this hour to be illuminated with the light of Christ. That's right. So here we go. This is Mark 11. We just talked about this, but I, I want, and Alan just touched on it too, but the importance, and we're going to be getting into a message on this next week. However, I want to show you the importance of forgiveness. That is a big snare to block your prayer. That's going to get you a demonic prince of Persia umbrella over you. And Jesus is going to show you right here. Do you want a demonic prince of Persia umbrella over you? Yes or no? Alan, do you want that? No. No. Uh, Why is that? Why? Because I want my prayers answered and I want to be ready for the sky to crack and Jesus to appear. Alan's got a good reason. He doesn't want a demonic prince of Persia blocker over him. Unforgiveness, sin, and defilement will help the enemy and aid them block you. Nobody here. Listen. Daniel had to deal with it. And that's all in Scripture to show you how the enemy can block the movement of angelic power flowing in your life. 
What you want is angels ascending and descending and ascending and descending. You want a Jacob's conduit, a Jacob's ladder from where you are in this lower heaven around you. The Holy Spirit's here with us, thank God. But going straight up to the highest heaven, and there are many, you want angels ascending and descending, bringing you messages, bringing you Rafa. There are healing angels. Did you know that? There are angels that stir the water around us the living water around us, inside us. And there are also worshiper ministry angels to praise God in the spirit around you. Why do you want that? Because where the spirit of God is, there's praise. Where there's praise, the spirit of God is moving. So we constantly want all the angelic powers flowing around us all the time. There are warrior angels. Me and Maria started praying two days ago, uh, this style. We've been praying, Lord, we want warrior angels, Michael style. Lord, we want messenger angels, Gabriel style. Or them themselves. Why not? It's in scripture. You want warrior angels around you? Anybody? Anybody want warrior angels? Listen. Yes. We got to get rid of demonic Prince of Persia style umbrellas in the spirit. You got to burn them up. It takes participation. And Jesus is teaching here of faith, but he's also teaching to believe after you declare and decree, but he's also teaching that you must also wait it out sometimes. You have to anticipate the breakthrough by believing it. This is the problem. A lot of people declare and they decree they confess and possess the word and is accurate to do so. But then the enemy comes in immediately and sows evil thought and you might bite at it. You might not cast it down the way me and Alan just showed you. Let's say the enemy starts sowing doubt that's a faith killer. So you you sit down, you say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm praying, I'm believing, and I'm seeing it, Lord. As a man thinketh, so shall he be. I will not have this. I'm writing it down on that giant glass screen, and I'm sitting down with a rock, and that's the revelation of Christ, and I'm going to smash it down and smash it to pieces. I'm casting that vain imagination down. However, unforgiveness is an immediate, you're going to get this. You're going to get a demonic umbrella of Prince of Persia over you. And Jesus is warning about it right here. You see, a lot of us declare and decree and we expect to collect immediately. And when people are sometimes moving in great power and authority, we see it. And when the Holy Spirit is moving, when the, when the Holy Spirit's presence for power, for healing and miracle power, dunamis, which means miracle power, is in the realm around you in a great magnitude. And that could happen through fasting, that could happen through prayer or a great amount of time and reading the word or praise and worship. And that would equivalent a great manifestation of that power being present in that situation. 
And you might see a miracle and a lot of things happen immediately, and that's fine. And that's what we want and we strive for. However, in certain cases, we have to still believe by faith that it's happening and thank God for it every day. You don't say, well, that didn't happen. Oh, God. Uh, And then go around to other people and start talking about it. No. You say, Lord, thank you. I thank you. It's happened. I believe it. I thank you. It's moving. And, Lord, I thank you. Those that wait on you will mount up with eagle's wings. And that's me, Lord. And we act act on it. Like when uh, you wanted your knee healed, you said, I'm healed, and then you ripped off your knee brace, acting like you're healed, and you started walking, and you didn't care if your leg fell off, and that's when you got your healing. Amen. That's right. That was kind of hard, by the way. And you did it. Praise God. And when when I I needed the job, and... Go ahead. Yeah, I just had had it at that point, and the dream... This is the importance of dreams, guys. The dream put me over the top with faith, because I saw myself healed. And I said, that's it. I don't care. And I put my sneakers on and started walking around the lake by my house in New York, which I wish I still was. (laughs) Florida's uh, hot, but you'll get used to it. Like Alan said, I was healed when I got halfway around the lake. Now, here's the thing, guys. When Jesus spoke the word to wither the fig tree... I'm going to ask Alan. He might have two cups of coffee. Alan, what happened to the yes. tree when Jesus withered it with the confession of his mouth? Um, nothing immediately oh, happened. Oh, stop right there. Nothing? Immediately happened. Nothing immediately I mean, nothing, happened? Nothing visible immediately happened. Now, let me like ask you this, Alan. Still- mm-hmm. Could that happen to us? Could yes. we declare and decree and speak and possess and confess the word of God? And could nothing happen? Nothing. Yes, nothing could visibly happen to our visible eyes. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Now let me ask you another question. Do you think Jesus believed nothing happened? No, I believe Jesus had fully received the death of that fig tree into his heart and fully believed it. All right, so let's touch upon what happened right after that. You're leading me right into what I want to talk about. Praise the Lord. They said, Rabbi, look at a tree that you cursed yesterday is now withered. They were surprised. Because in their mindset, they didn't understand. Because they watched him wither it with his confession. And they're like, wow, nothing happened. And then they walked away. But the next day, they were excited. Like, wow, it really did happen. But like Alan just said, Jesus knew And believed. He never stopped believing in the declaration of his spoken word. Now, here's the key. Mark 11, 22 is not have faith in God. That's all wrong. When you look at the original Hebrew, get yourself a strong concordance and look at the original Hebrew. It really says have faith of God. Jesus was trying to say, be kind of like God. You're not God, but you're a mini ambassador of Christ here. Meaning, do kingdom stuff. 
And Jesus said, have faith of God. And he immediately goes into something God could do and that they would understand and said, I tell you the truth. You say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it in your and it's yours. But when you are praying here, here we go. This is what we were just touching on. But when you are praying, first forgive For if you're holding a grudge against anyone, so that your Father in heaven will forgive you too. Now, what's he saying here? He's merely talking about, he says, have faith of God. They just saw the fig tree. They were surprised. But like Alan said, it didn't happen right away. It was a process. And I'm saying to you, and I'm saying us, we declare and decree the word constantly. We declare and decree and speak and confess and we possess the breakthrough constantly. But we thank God for the breakthrough because if you believed you received, you say thank you. Amen. If you Can believe you, you received like something, happening? Alan, what would you do? Would you say thank you? I, I, I'd say thank you. I'd thank God and I'd be happy and I'd act like it happened. How hard is that going to be for us to do? Can we believe to just start thanking God? Is thanking God a is, uh, spiritual warfare, Alan? Yes, it is. And we can do it. And it gets easier the more we do it. Thank God. No matter what's happening, no matter what you see, believe. And it might not happen right away. Christ withered with the declaration, have faith of God at a tree. Nothing happened right away you see not right away but i'm challenging you and myself can we declare and decree believe and thank god for the breakthrough every day no matter what and keep believing no matter what and have faith no matter what and cast down vain imaginations not just everyone but also doubt which will take you out can we steer ourselves to that breakthrough this way. I believe so. What do you think, Alan? Yes. And the more we do it and the more realms we do it, the better we get at it. If somebody wanted to become Mr. Universe and just did 10 push-ups and went back to the mirror expecting to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, we'd say he's a nut. But if he did it every day for uh, you know all, an hour of exercise every day for three years, he will be a completely different man in his physique and yet we go to church uh god forbid you know once a week and uh we expect to be spiritual giants at, at the end of five years no that's not going to happen that's a good analogy. do it every yeah. day good analogy with the um with the, the exercise Praise however um and i'm not just talking about i'm also talking about creative miracles don't ever limit god uh, I knew a preacher years ago. Uh, used to always teach me. You'll never rise above your confession. You have to keep your confession. Not pie in the sky, but, you know, in the realms of Scripture. Especially if you read about it in Scripture. If it's happened in Scripture, of course. That's going to be your marker. 
like healing, for example. We have a covenant right to be healed because it says, by his stripes we were healed. That's First uh, Peter 2.24 or something. The work was already done. It can't be redone. You have to gleam from the word in this manner. Lord, I lay claim to the stripes of Christ right here, right now. It says, he was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my shalom was upon him. And with those stripes, I am healed. I was healed and I'm being healed. And I'm thank you for it, Lord. I thank you and I'm gleaming the power, the dunamis, which means miracle power into my body. I'm injecting the miracle power from that word into my body. And I am healed right now. And I thank you for it. I Thank you, Lord, for healing me and walk it out and just praise God. Could you do that? Yes. yes Dunamis. I can. It's another one. You look at the woman, the issue of blood that just touched, and it wasn't just her, other others did this, touched the helm of the the his garment. And it says virtue went out of him. You look up that word in the strongest concordance. It says miracle power. <laughs> miracle power. She just crossed that out where it says virtue and write in with small miracle power. Because virtue is not giving you the full context of what's happening here. This ain't Sherlock Holmes, okay? It's miracle power. Now, if Jesus is the word and we're gleaming from the word, that means healing power, miracle power is illuminating from the word. But how do we direct it? How do we project it? How do we absorb the word into our situation? We speak it. We act on it. And uh, we receive it. Amen. Like when you, again, faith cometh by hearing. You said, yeah, you said, I'm regarding your knee again. I love that example. You said, no, I'm healed. And then you ripped off your knee brace and you started walking like you were healed and you didn't care. And that's when the power got released and you got your healing right then. Amen. Right. And then it came back the pain and I had to and do it again. Did it again. And the pain came back the next day and I had to do it again. You know why? Because the enemy will test you to see if you really believe. And I'm not going to lie to you. I did get a, a little worried when it, when the morning my knee hurt. I did. I was like, oh, Lord, what, what, what's going on? I went in reverse. But here's the thing, and this is what I noticed. The more times the enemy tested me, the faster it went away. Like in the morning when the pain came back and I was crippled again, I stood up and I did it again. I laid claim to the stripes of Christ right now, and I confessed Isaiah 53, 5. I projected that word into me as medicine that way. And I would say 10 to 15 minutes later, I was completely back to normal again, healed. But then when it so happened the more you again, do it, the, yeah. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's just like exercise. It's just like learning a skill. What yeah, I think doing? our faith builds um, when we've seen it once or twice. And then we just get to a point where, boom, the enemy don't even try anymore because our faith has built like a muscle when you're exercising. And guys, we have to stand. Keep declaring, decreeing and confessing and possessing the word. Thanking God for it, like Alan said, that's spiritual warfare. 
It's acting on the word. Acting, acting like, on the word. Amen. And Thanking God is, is a way to act on the word. Ripping off your knee brace and walking is a way to act on the word. Saying, I have a job, I'm just looking for it. And and uh, putting your resume out there and, and telling people, I have a job, I'm just looking for it. That's acting on the word. Yeah, Amen. you know, a lot. I would say an easier way to look at it all is, how could you show God you believe the word? How Amen. can we show God... We believe the word. How do we get our faith to a level where God just says, wow, that's great faith. Boom. It's done. Let's constantly be examining ourselves. You know, I always think about the story where they um, couldn't get a paralyzed man to Christ. He was in a house. And they chopped a hole in the roof and, and wheeled them down in strings. Imagine Jesus looking up and there's all these things falling from the roof and this paralyzed man's coming down upon him. I mean, and Jesus immediately said, man, your sins are forgiven. And then they all got upset, but then he spoke to healing, pick up your bed and walk, and he did. So forgiveness of sins is is a is a is very important. We have to get that blockage out, and then we have to believe the word. And and like we just said, how can we show God we believe the word? How can we do it? And that's an open ended question because I'm thinking myself. You know, how can we? What could I do more? And what Alan was touching on, I ripped a knee brace off. That dream boosted my faith. I don't think if God didn't throw me that kicker, I might have been still wearing that brace. But the dream was a kicker, a booster. And that's why dreams are so important, guys. And that's why the enemy will try to block you. And dreams are important in the aspect of direction and revelation and to help us and to aid us. And to warn us and to show us the things that are coming. But also to boost our faith in certain situations. Like what happened with me with that time with the knee brace. Now, if the enemy's stealing your dream or blocking it, or a spirit of forgetfulness or a dream criminal has been sent against you, or you have unforgiveness, bitterness, or contempt, or you're working in defilement and haven't got on your knees and broken up that demonic umbrella over you that's trying to block the movement of God's flow in your life, you're going to have more compounding problems. We have to start today to begin to break them down. Um, Matthew 7. Enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. Only a few find that. This is a very real warning here. And the narrow path, the small gate is something that we have to be praying for every day. Seeking, Jesus said seek, 
seeking every day. Lord, how do I get myself completely on this narrow gate? I don't want to risk anything special in this hour. When we see the manifestations going on in the world, totalitarianism, antichrist, all these manifestations, plagues, wars and rumors of wars, these are all... Jesus said to watch the fig tree, examine. Jesus said you can examine the weather. How can you not discern the times? So we are challenged to observe and discern the times. Jesus specifically told him, you say say when the sky is red at night, tomorrow be fair weather. When the sky is red in the, the morning, it would be bad weather. And rebuke them. How could you not discern the time now that we're in? And the time now, I'm telling you, is straight gate, small gate time. And if you have a broad way of thinking, if you have a broad sense of a lifestyle, you got a problem. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. This is not... And I'm talking doctrinally, too. People take the scripture and they brought it out. (laughs) Not going to work, especially in the realm of Osisis. That's a doomed doctrine. Jesus wouldn't be talking about finding the straight gate. He would just say, believe in me. All's going to be all good. Destruction waits those that are on the broad road. Many be on that road, guys. You got to be part of the few. How about you, Alan? Yeah, we got to have a life that is uh, centered around the word. We are spirit beings first. The spiritual part of our lives should dominate every day. We wake up, we... uh, we uh, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, so we praise God and thank God for another day. We turn on the Bible. We do communion. We, um, amen. We bind devils. We tell them to get lost, and then we worship God and worship God, and amen. Yeah, I want to be on the narrow way. Amen. You want to be on the narrow way? Alan wants to be on the narrow way. We got to dial it in. We went over a lot today. We don't want to defile ourselves. We want to cast down evil imaginations, evil thoughts. Amen. One of the gem verses that uh, I learned listening to a, a preacher is Leviticus 26.40. It says, uh, we confess the sins, our sins, and the sins of our fathers. Somehow, when uh, when our fathers sinned, um, you know, it's we pay the price until we confess it for them. And so... Various people in Scripture did this, and this is done in deliverance services, too, where we confess the sins of our fathers. We don't know what our you know, fathers five generations back did, but we might be still be paying the price for what they did. So we confess their sins also, and we are set free. Sins of the forefathers, guys. We go over that many times. And unfortunately, um, we've got to watch our diets— the enemy's even using that and used it on me recently. 
where I was actually fasting, which probably wasn't too good, and just drinking coffee in the morning I had. <clears throat> it was 100 degrees outside, and I had zero electrolytes, they said, which I didn't even think was possible, and uh, created some disturbances in my body. And the Florida weather, and my neighbor was warning me, and I, I kind of was like laughing at her. And um, I didn't heed the warning about the humidity here. It was 99% humidity, 100, 100 degrees. Uh, I, whatever electrolytes I had were at, wiped out because my, sh- my shirt was soaking wet. I was doing tree work out here, palm trees, 2 p.m., really hot. And I finally realize when people say it's not the heat, it's the humidity, I finally understand that. Okay, be very careful in Florida if you're a Yankee like me because it created a situation. Uh, Especially fasting might not have been so good, but might have been good. That's kind of an oxymoron, but it, it, who knows? It's good that you were fasting, but even with fasting, there's like books written on how to how to fast, how to safely break a fast, stuff like that. And you know, you move from uh, I had zero to, electrolytes. They said I was actually, I forgot the chemical, but they said I was emitting something that was going to shut my body down, uh, my kidneys, everything. Yeah, so the yeah, you have to learn the Florida ways. Even the the, the gardeners don't well, start working here, until bro. three p.m. I'm getting out of here. Oh, you are? Where are you going? Montana. Okay. Yeah. Why not okay. Wyoming? I mean, they just got rid of Liz Chain. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's uh, not talk about that. There's mountains right. there. I need a more mountainous area, but um, oh. I'm probably getting out of here. I can't, I can't deal because I thought I was working outside every day doing electrical work, working on the roof, trees, and I was soaking wet thinking, wow, this is like going to the gym in New York. I'm saving money, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize the electrolytes wipe out of your body here. And I'm fasting probably wasn't the best thing to be doing. Me and Maria were on three days at that time. Yeah. And they even told me in the hospital the coffee was actually worse, created more dehydration. But um, the Florida weather is dangerous, especially in uh, end of July, August. So I've learned my well, lesson. Why can't you just stay in? Why can't you just stay in Florida and uh, stay inside? I can't live in a place where the weather can kill me. Okay. Okay. All right. So I got to get out of here. Okay. You know, I'll probably just leave this house here, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be here for August and July. I'll probably just get something in Montana too. Also, it could be like a winter home for you. Yeah, you know, whatever. Or I might just move to Mexico City. Mexico and, City? Uh, yeah, everybody's moving there and getting the hell out of America. But, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but you don't speak Spanish. What do you mean, gringo? Uh, <laughs> Mexico City. Esta compa toro, ba. Good luck learning Spanish. Okay. Let's sign uh, off out of here. Watch a radio saying we will be back next week with some more re- revelation. Want to get the squirrel beard on here? That ninety pound might be freak. egg day. Yeah. What? Might be egg day. So he's kind of busy. Yeah, it is egg day. 
So, okay. yeah, for all of you who don't know, Squirrel Beard every Sunday goes in, uh, that's James, goes and collects eggs like it's Easter, literally on Sunday. <laughs> Does he reach under the hens and like they go, and then he pulls I, out the eggs? Is that- I don't know, bro. Just keep me in prayer. I got to get the hell out of Florida. Okay. And um, I will. Let's get this going. Watch your radio saying farewell. We'll be back. I know I wanted to cover something else, but I can't remember it right now. But um, the visualizing. Uh, no, no, that's another that word. Or... We're doing that next week, bro. Okay, okay. Um, something on Obama I wanted to touch on. Obama. We're going to do you politics? Well, it's not necessarily politics. It's Satan himself rising. Well, the, the thing um, is, then then, then the, the program is much more difficult to get out there without them censoring it or giving copyright strikes. Anyway, if you notice, Trump recently said Obama must be happy. Have you have you noticed that on Truth Social? He didn't say Biden. Yeah, I think, yeah. And the reason is he knows Obama's running the show over there. Obama, yeah. Susan Rice... That entire crew are run. Everything you see happening with the IRS, these the Gestapo they're forming. This is all designed to persecute Christians and MAGA people. I'm warning you now. You better get real and right. Get some assets and physical gold and move them around. Because they're going to free. If they can get one little thing on, you'll freeze assets. So be careful and cautious in these days ahead. We're living in a time of great persecution coming. And Obama is behind it. Oh, yeah. And man, Paul Michael is behind it. Just look where we've come in the past 10 years, guys. All the transgender garbage and stealing elections. I mean, we're in crazy times, guys. So be aware. And and Trump knows what's going on. That's why he said Obama. That's why he said Obama. He didn't say Biden. I always said watch Obama. I always been warning for since what? 2008? 2007? Guy satanic. Okay. And he hates Christians. We're in, we're in some crazy times with what they're doing with this army they're forming to come after us. And if you notice, they're arming them with M4 rifles. If you notice, they just bought 500 million rounds of 5.56 M855 ball ammunition. That's military grade. That penetrates doors. Green tip. Why are they buying that? Why is the IRS militarizing? Guys, let's be alert. Amen, Alan? Amen. All right, guys. The Lord loves you. Alan might love you, and I do. I love you. And, um, oh, yeah, you might want to join our prayer group. If you're on the Facebook, which a lot, I mean, uh, oh, I just reactivated my Facebook about 10 minutes ago. Oh, really? My, my original page. 
But on YouTube, on the bottom is a link. I hope it still works or it didn't expire to get into our prayer group. Got to get the Podomatic back. Most of our listeners are on Podomatic, so we're leaving a lot on the table. But I'm dealing with a war with them. And uh, obviously got a libtard over there. And actually, don't join our prayer group, but I'm asking you to. No prayer group Karens, please. If you are a prayer group Karen, do not join. But if you're and, not, and if you want to treat and if you want to treat our Telegram channel as your personal blog, please do not join. Yeah, please. But if you just want to join for our updates and prayer requests, and we have prayer three to four times a week, you can come into the room with us and pray. You don't have to, but if you want to, just pop on in. We do communion and we pray. Real simple. It doesn't take that long. So, hey, but we have a y'all. new. Pr- we have a new prayer meeting on uh, Saturday. On Saturday, it's uh, the Shabbat Shalomith, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Amen prayer group. Every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern. But we do community prayer Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and we have a Bible study on Thursday nights. Oh, yeah, okay. Bible study on Thursday. Don't forget, JV's Bible study. It's very anointed. Amen. I was in it this Thursday. So, God bless y'all. God bless oh, y'all. No, I don't want to talk like a Southerner anymore because I want to get out of here. Actually, I'll oh, leave Maria yeah. here. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. You, you and you're moving. Yeah, okay. I don't care. So. I'm not living <laughs> with iguanas. Okay. I just had an alligator down the street over here. Somebody sent me a video. So there's alligators huh. over here. Yeah. How big was it? Six foot. That's large enough. Yeah, I'll send you the yeah, video. That's... Check it out. Yeah, that could be unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah, it was running around on the woman's front yard. What the hell is it doing over there, man? Hey, but you What's have a it? gun. You can shoot one if it shows up in your front uh, yard. I don't know if that'll go over to a mill, me walking around with a gun. But well, you just you know, you see the alligator, bring out and go back inside, get your gun out of your gun chest, and come back outside, blast it, and you know, phone it into the police as All a right. shooting incident. I'll let you know when I do it. Okay. All good. right, watch radio saying farewell. We love you. We love you. God bless Amen. you all. Amen. God bless you all. Good night. Good day. Good night.